Nozzle in the bottom, nice firm crop. You said that before? Uh, I do the innuendos round here, thank you very much. Sorry. Don't you worry, you'll soon get the end of it. Welcome to episode 100 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish Street catch-up podcast that is one episode old for every year that Corey has been on the planet. I'm Gavin, I'm insinuating he's 100 years old. Huzzah, and I am sipping a mimosa. It is just ticking on to 10 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> Happy 100th episode, my darling. Happy 100th episode, clinky clinky. Clinky clinky. And a very fancy glass. Yes, we broke out the Waterford crystals this morning. Wow, 100 episodes. 100 episodes. That's like 150 what? hours of recording or three and a half episodes of Conversation Street. <laughs> I say that with love. Of course you do. <laughs> 100 episodes. Wow. Holy fuck, really? Yes. Do you remember starting this off like almost two years ago? Uh-huh. When I managed to convince you into doing this because you managed to convince me into doing a US versus UK podcast thing. Mm-hmm. As Charlie just liked her tweet. Yes. <laughs> oh, look how far Hi, we've Charlie. come. <laughs> remember in episode one, my microphone fell off? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Because we had these little clip-on mics. Little lapel mics that we had. Oh. Because we didn't know if we were going to enjoy doing this or how long it was going to Right. Last, and maybe we get fed up. So, right. I spent 20 bucks getting these little lapel mics that we plugged in. I think we plugged them into my phone and we recorded uh, yeah. on the phone. And then I put it on Audacity, and I had to go through an hour and a half and boost my own vocal because I was only getting picked up in yours because mine was on the floor. <laughs> and you said before we started, Is everything good? And I was like, Yep, everything's good. And I think I must have brushed it off or something. <laughs> Oh. Those were the days, weren't they? So we stuck with them for maybe three episodes and then we got the Blue Yeti. Yes. And obviously we did it for about the first six months. Yep. And now we have this. <laughs> now we have a whole studio in our house. Right. Dedicated to making podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because we have four now. <laughs> Everyone should have four podcasts, I think. Right, yeah. Keeps you busy during a pandemic. It, it really does, although... Although I've been... We've fallen behind in two of them. Because I didn't do a Spongebob this week. Well, you're doing it do today, are you? Today or tomorrow, yeah. Right. And I just... You think being at home would mean you'd have all this time to do things like research? It does mean that, but you don't do it. But it doesn't, because I'm not only working, I'm also teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to make sure that the kids do at least one assignment per class and trying to help them set up you know, get logged into their Zoom meetings and trying to figure out why they don't have any audio and then dealing with meltdowns because they have no audio and they've just seen their friends for the first time in two months and it's a bit overwhelming and ugh. It's nice drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. It is nice drinking at 10 o'clock. <laughs> a little bit too nice. Well, you know, there's more Prosecco in that bottle. <laughs> 
Oh, it's going to be one of those days. Yeah, it is. Uh, how are you this week? Um, you know, I'm good. Uh, I think I'm slowly coming out of whatever funk I've been in over this thing. I am, I'm, I'm doing the podcasts and everything. I still haven't attended a Zoom meeting or a Hangout or a Google Hangout or anything myself. I've been invited to a number of them. I haven't done them. The uh, Sunday school superintendent at our church wanted everybody, all of the Sunday school teachers, to take a picture of themselves holding a holding a wee sign. And I haven't done that. I just I don't want people to see me. I don't know. I don't know. There's something, and I've just finally figured out that that's that's what it is, and it doesn't make much sense because I do go out to FedEx and to the the party store, you know, on occasion. But that's when I go to drop FedEx packages off. I don't really see anybody. I get out. I step in. I put my package on the counter. But don't like that. And. And I walk back out again, you know, because the, the cobbler is typically in, in the back. He might shout hello and just leave the packages on the counter. Do you re- need a receipt? No, 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 no. But I don't really. And when I've seen our friends like in real life, I'm very weird. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. And Well, <clears throat> especially the first time, like the first time I went to Craft Go to pick up takeout. And Arby and Josh and Dan were saying hi to me and, oh, it's so good to see you and how you doing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of waved and didn't make conversation. You're kind of weird like that at the best of times, though. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Again, with love. Right, yes. I read a good book this week. Meaty by uh, Samantha Arby. She's very funny. Oh. And she talks very frankly about things like her Crohn's disease. Yeah. My yeah. mom had Crohn's disease. Yes, she did. It wasn't pleasant. No. Yeah. And so she's very frank about the unpleasantness. Yeesh. And it's very refreshing as someone who had colon cancer who now has to <laughs> be very stealthy about going out and buying toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. How are you this week? Yeah. See, I've been kind of forced into that exposing yourself right. sort of thing. Well, again, not like that. <laughs> If it was like that, I think I'd be in, I in some ex- degree of trouble. I almost exposed myself in one of your meetings. <laughs> I am pretty much on Microsoft Teams video for uh, upwards of five hours a day. Ugh. <laughs> it's just awful. I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I can't get it working on the the desktop, so I have to use it on the lap on my iPad, and the iPad's open at a funny angle, so my head just appears at the bottom of the the screen, <laughs> which makes me look like I'm like three feet tall. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not great. We need one of those stands with the circular light that uh, YouTube guys use. Oh no! <laughs> to make their videos. <laughs> I'm not ready for my close up, Mister Demello, <laughs> <laughs> or Mister Demello. No. Ah. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> You've already said that. <laughs> oh. It's worth repeating. So there we go. There we go. We're now in the triple digits. We are. Coming at you. I thought we'd get bored with this. <laughs> and sometimes we have. <laughs> we, 
there have been there have been moments and i mean right now i'm gonna be honest with you listeners i don't watch every monday wednesday friday i watch all three on friday yeah because i can i watched it live on friday for the first time in eight years Ooh, <clears throat> i quite enjoyed it yeah you're not gonna say how you did that though no i'm gonna keep that to myself <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's through illegal means yes mm-hmm. so yeah anyway <clears throat> anywho moving on shall we preamble my dear Oh, terrible frog. I'll, yeah. have to, I'll have to drink okay. some more mimosa. Yes. Drink some more mimosa, please. Out of our fancy Waterford crystal glasses. Oh, I could so get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> Lay me down some of that alcoholic breakfast core news. <laughs> Alexandra Mardell, a.k.a. our Emma, has been on a streak. First week of lockdown, she put her hair in box braids. The next week, she dyed her hair purple. And this week, she has dyed her hair blue. No matter the hair, she still looks fabulous. Blue hair? I don't think I I can imagine that. It looks really good. The purple looked good, too. The box braids were just amazing. They're no longer in box braids. It's like her normal hair, but it now I don't know what that is. Remember when uh, Steli tried to dye her hair blue and it came out looking black? Oh, I know what blue is. Um, It's the box braids that I'm confused about. Well, you'll have to check out her Instagram and see. I have a feeling we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. Okay. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. I haven't dyed my hair anything. Have you dyed your hair yet, Brumi? <laughs> I've shaved my hair. <laughs> it's been done again. It's getting a little bit... It's getting a little bit... Rock and roll. Rock and roll at the back. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. I haven't had a shower in three days. I don't think you want to be admitting this to people. I've taken a shower every day because I've I've had to go out to FedEx quite frequently this week. So every time I come back home or every time I go out, I take a shower because, you know, I want to be responsible and not spread my germs to people. Not that I think I'm sick, but you I'm know, just not going out. Just in case. No, you haven't. You I haven't been out in a week. No, 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 no. You went out for wings on Wednesday. Wednesday. Went out Wednesday. You went out for Wednesday wings. I'm in for the weekend. I don't go out on the weekends. Because FedEx is closed. Nobody's going out at the weekend. So I have no reason. Remember weekends. Anyway. Anyway, we'll get to that. (laughs) Do remember weekends. Sue Cleaver, a.k.a. Arlene, has gotten into the act as well, dyeing her hair pink. We'd love to see the writers incorporate all these unconventional hues into a story post-corona. And then, and then Charlie's bald. Right. His hair just fell out overnight. <laughs> and his beard fell off. <clears throat> I wonder I if he's grown it back again. I think somebody else shaved their head. Uh, Tyrone shaved his head. No, Tyrone's girlfriend shaved his head for him. And hilarity ensued. Oh. <clears throat> Finally... East Edders and Corey unite in a sketch for BBC One's The Big Night Inn as Liz McDonald accidentally joins the Zoom call for the Queen Vic pub quiz while trying to join the Zoom call for the Rovers pub quiz. Oh. Hilarity ensues. Twice in one Corey news, hilarity ensues. No. Yeah. No, just... You said that Tyrone's here... Had hilarity ensuing as well. Oh it? yeah, see that wasn't that was just kind of an off the cuff comment because you said something about Charlie's hair. Uh-huh. So initially there was only one hilarity ensues. <laughs> However, 
So much Clarity to sing hilarity. So that that should be fun. I wonder if we can watch the BBC One's Big Night In. Have you you haven't watched any of the uh, the feel good Hands Across America uh, shows that have been put on? I'm, I'm not even aware of their existence. No. Yeah, there was one. There's one for Passover that was really good. There was like this uh, on YouTube live. They had this huge Passover seder with all the Jewish celebrities of the world coming together and talking about Passover and stuff. And, and that was really great. And then there was that one that Stella and I caught the tale of after our, our movie the other night. I've been quite enjoying uh, John Krasinski's uh, Some Good News on the YouTube. Those are fun, but they make me cry. The Fenway one made me cry. I miss baseball. Anyway, that's Corey News. Oh, you stopped talking there. Okay. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Our mailbag. I broke out the good Waterford crystal for you. You did. So tasty. <laughs> <laughs> the babosa, not the crystal. Well, the crystal's very, very nice as well. Yes, it's not tasty, it's a, it's a very delicate-looking flute. Mm. Mm. Our mailbag... I don't know how to describe this. It's one of the best mailbag items I think we've ever had. It's it's so lovely. And I just hope that John Oliver doesn't see it. <laughs> the the music is far enough removed to be original. Okay. It's just the same chords. <laughs> but what Chris, yes, that one did this oh, week. Oh, it's so just, lovely. Have you shared it on our uh, social media? I haven't yet. Okay. But. You're doing that today. I'm so determined to do it because it's just like the it's best gorgeous. thing ever. What Chris did was he put together a little video of himself playing the theme to our last year tonight. <laughs> well, first there's like this wander into his house with the old Corey. What a lovely house. With the old Corey. Uh, music. Music. Mm-hmm. Walking into the house and then looking around and then walking downstairs Going to the Going down studio. into the basement. Oh, Beautiful looking studio. Yeah, has to be said. kind of puts our our little office to uh, oh to shame. to shame, very much to shame, very yes. much to shame. And then he starts on the guitar and he joins in with himself and, and the, the bass. bass and the drums and the keys and yeah, it was just congratulations on the hundred episodes and it was just oh, it was so nice. It's fantastic. Somebody took so think much of, time. Think of the time it took to make that. Just to learn, because <clears throat> you you like, created it like, in rock band. And garage band, right? So I don't know how you play any of that. No. <laughs> Just, does that sound good? Kinda. All that, right. That's what we're going that. with. But he's actually playing it for reels. Yeah, on real instruments. <laughs> Fantastic, Chris. We appreciate it so much. He's got a lovely head of hair. He does. I'm kind of jealous of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Chris. Yes, that one. Yes. That oh. brought so much joy this week. It really did. Gav showed it to me first thing in the morning. Literally the first thing you, you saw that day. rolled over and stuck your phone in my face. <laughs> Hadn't even gotten out of bed yet. <laughs> Could have gone either way. <laughs> Anything else in the mailbag? Uh, nope. So on to Hindsight Corner. Blue, 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 blue. <laughs> you, you forgot what you did. It's the Prosecco. A few correspondents I've got in touch to gently remind me that Addy 2.0 is actually Addy 5.0. I know this. Addy was actually played 
first of all by Hannah, Harris, Andrea, Ahmed. Those triplets also played Asha. <laughs> so it's kind so of they were swapping them out. Perm two to three, pretty much. But given they're babies and they don't have any lines, I chose not to count them. So I'm sticking with Addy 2.0. Thank you very much. Remember last week I got confused that I thought that uh, in Ghost that what's his face sexually assaulted Demi Moore. Correct. It wasn't what I was thinking of. What I was thinking of was the Barbara Hershey movie, uh, The Entity from 1982, which was about ghosts sexually assaulting women. Hmm. Not putting that on the list for family film night. <clears throat> Don't think so. No. Might put ghost on, though. Well, that last bit's really scary. So this is what Chris plays. Mm-hmm. You have one job. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> <coughs> welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Hmm. Just enough time to quickly talk about your soul, my soul, our souls. Uh, our souls. That was a year ago. <laughs> I was Gavin and you were prepared to do a power of crying. Why? Why was I so sad? It was the second last episode of episode of the Game of the Thrones that weekend. Oh, yeah. And remarkably, mm. you fucked off halfway through this podcast to go and see a Marvel movie. <gasps> oh, I remember that. <laughs> I went off to see it. Avengers Endgame or something. Was oh, it? God. Was it a year ago that Endgame came out? I don't know. I remember I'm that. Guessing. I remember that. we went to the Me and the kids went to the old... Uh, Movie theater in Charlotte because it was sold out everywhere else. Oh my god! And it was packed. There were so many people. There was drunk people there. There were drunk people there, <laughs> who who called somebody a homosexual or something. Yes, there like was Tony Stark or something. Homophobia and there was homophobia yes. within the drunk people. But still, I just thinking back to that and just being in a room with so many people. Watching a movie. It's just a year ago. It just boggles the mind, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you remember movie theaters? No. Tell me about them. They sound, they sound wonderful. It oh. sounds like it's full of fairies and poets. Oh, well, movie theater is this place <laughs> where lots of people go to watch the same movie together. Complete strangers sitting right next to one another. Sometimes in reclining seats, if you're lucky. And sometimes in movie theaters where you can order food and they'll bring the food to you while you're watching the movie. I think that's an America thing. There's popcorn. Possibly a Canada thing. There's popcorn. Sticky floors. With melted butter. (laughs) And if you're lucky, you have a place where you can put the butter on yourself and put on as much as you want. (laughs) There's slushies and pretzels. And my favorite... Raisinets. Oh, you're mad for the Raisinets. Only while watching movies. Only while watching movies. Oh, movie theatres. I miss them. So we recorded our thoughts on the Monday and the Wednesday episode. You fucked off. Came back some four hours later. 
and we did Friday at like one o'clock in the morning or something. Oh, see, that's why I was crying. I was crying because of the end game. I wasn't crying because of Game of Thrones. Oh, you were crying before you went to the movie. Oh. Because it was in your intro. Oh, well, I don't remember being sad about Game of Thrones ending because the oh, last you were very, season was you were so very pish. Sad about it. <laughs> you were very sad about it. Gemma was back to her normal self after the caravan shenanigans from last week and then we discovered that she is knocked up. It's Bertie's naming ceremony and Beth can't read poetry. Kathy and Brian pay off Alex's debt with Rick the Chin and Gary steals back Alex's bank card and passport. Oh, yes, I remember So that. exciting. Alex, Alex should be in more storylines. Speaking Spanish. Right. I failed to identify Rachel, the nail salon owner, and we're introduced to Alina. That was a year ago. Wow. Sarah blackbags Gary. Rita finally sees Rick the Chin. Eileen sells the builder's yard from under Gary's nose. Peter fell off the wagon. Our moment of the week was Simon and Peter round the table as he was getting wired into the whiskey. Yes, back when back when we uh, were willing to choose sad or disturbing things as moment of the week. I think we're probably going to have to choose a sad thing this week because not an awful lot of funny things happened. And our boring moment of the week was Abby's boring scenes with Brian, which I can't even remember. I think that's something to do with his teaching her. Oh yeah, to educate Abby. Yeah, yeah. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, oh, look at us, 20 minutes. Boom. <laughs> Our first storyline tonight, this morning, is Asha's latest horrible storyline. On Monday, Tracy's given Amy a hard time. Eileen sees Amy in the gunnel and has a joke with her about there goes the neighbourhood and I blame the parents. That was quite funny, actually. <laughs> Meanwhile, Addy 2.0 has burst into Asha's room. He's seen the video. Eey. The brother's seen the sister's... Ugh. That's all kind of nasty. Mm. And wants to know what the hell she was playing at. She explains that it was Corey's fault. It's all Corey's fault. It was supposed to be private. And she throws him out and then Dev comes in wanting to know what's going on. And nothing, she says. Dev tells her that she's doing volunteering today, cleaning up the community garden. And she tries to get out of it saying that she's not feeling well. And he says, well, explain yourself to Mary. And meanwhile, she's been getting tons of messages. And one of them is from Amy asking if she's okay. Are you okay, she says. R, the letter R, mm-hmm. U, the mm-hmm. letter U. Okay. Yes. As the kids do. I, Is that what kids do? I don't know. I think they probably just do it in emojis, don't they? They're just sup. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Dev, Tracy and Steve are in the store dissecting the party. Tracy points out that the vodka came from Addy 2.0 and came from Dev's store. He was seemingly bragging about it and this causes Dev... To strum his lips. Right, yes, because he says, no, no, Annie would never do that. Evelyn must have sold that bottle of vodka to somebody. It's good that they have the, the inventory of the store tied down so heavily that they notice that one bottle of vodka is missing right. Im- immediately. Right. Later, Addy 2.0 is denying that calling Amy a liar. But Dev's not falling for it and quizzes Asha on the matter and she pleads ignorance too. Dev grounds them both for the rest of the holiday. They're on holiday. Remember, no, not. And the pair of them are going to be doing Mary's fucking volunteering, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. Then Steve is in Royal Rolls complaining to Emma and Nina about the party. This isn't Steve's week, says Emma, and she's shown a picture of Uncle Albert, who Emma quickly works out as her great uncle twice removed by marriage. We're so sorry, Uncle Albert. For, for what? 
that that was a joke in reference to a Beatles or actually a Wings song, I believe. Oh. He goes, we're so sorry. We're Uncle digging Albert. pretty deeply if we're going for Wings references. Wings. The band that the Beatles could have been. <laughs> if only they'd had Linda on the keyboard. Who else is in Wings? Uh, a couple of other people. No. <laughs> Paul, Linda. And the <laughs> Keith. I'm sure there are people. Singer. I'm sure there are people who know and are yelling at us right now. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it very much. Where did we get to? I was quite impressed that Emma was so able to map out our mm-hmm. family tree so so quickly and readily without a piece of paper. And a well, pencil. at first, I, I think that was. We were meant to get a little bit of a chuckle out of that because, at yeah. first, she's like. Now, what would that make him to me? And she's trying to work it out. And Steve's like, oh, it doesn't matter because he's deed. Uh-huh. And then once somebody else shows up. And apparently Uncle Albert was uh, a bit of a, a rascal. I, I, I remember him vaguely. I don't remember really any specifics about him. Well, whoever... That was a very long time ago. Yeah, whoever came in said something about, oh, I remember Albert getting into trouble, blah, 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 or something. This all reminds me of the time that we were in Florida and we met who I call my cousin. She's not my cousin. She's my mum's cousin. So she's my cousin once removed. We met her and her family in Florida while we were there on spring break. Mm-hmm. What was that, like three years ago? Four years ago? Four years ago. Oh, that was a good vacation. Anyway. Oh, Uncle Albert was a... Just a Paul McCartney song on his solo album, Ram, which has one of the worst album covers of all time. Thanks for interrupting me with that. Sorry. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so Thought you would want to know. So we were in uh, Disney the next day, and Steli said, what relation is Fraser to me? Is he my cousin? And I said, I explained very carefully that he was... My second cousin once removed, mm-hmm. because his mum is my cousin once removed. Correct. And his granddad is my mum's uncle. Correct. So he's my great uncle. Right. So I explained all this out and I kind of almost like kind of sketched it in the in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And after all that, still I said, "Fraser's my cousin." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, how are they doing? Have you heard how they're doing with I, all of I, I think they're doing well. They have little uh, quizzes, little family quizzes on the Zoom, Oh, which is quite nice. We should do that with them. It's probably like five o'clock in the morning for us or something though, isn't it? Yeah, time difference kind of makes it difficult. Anyway, <laughs> Andy and Asha arrive at the volunteering and as predicted, all eyes are on Asha and all laughs are directed at her. And at the volunteering, Andy 2.0 is eyeing a boy with hair. <laughs> He's eyeing a boy with hair, suspiciously. That's what I've written. Yes. He Sloopy has hair. hair. Yeah. Someone doesn't understand why Asha would do that, and Kelly says, typical boys, once they get what they want. And the boy with the hair starts winding Andy 2.0 up about his sister being a slag, and Andy kicks fuck out the boy with the hair, and then says that he was right, though. His sister is a slag. <gasps> and off he storms. Awful. 
In Roy's roles, Abby looks like she's given Amy and Asha a hard time about the noise, but it turns out that she's just pissed that she didn't get invited to the party. Why would a grown woman want to be at a party with high schoolers? I think she's kidding. I think it's a joke. Hmm. Either that or she just really loves to party and get drunk. Amy thinks that Asha should tell Dev because he's going to find out sooner or later. Then Asha gets yet another notification on her phone. The video is on a dodgy porn site. Yay! And I just had to say, thank fuck that the creatives at Corey didn't mock up something like to do with <clears throat> Vogel or mm. the <clears throat> List Tracker app. What would the Corey that would have been, equivalent of Pornhub be? That would have been ill-judged. <laughs> Corey's version of Pornhub would have a weird name. Porn Cub? Ooh, no. No, 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 no. Step oh, away no, from no, that. No, 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 no. no, no. Porn bub. <laughs> I can see Porn that you've bub. put an awful lot of thought into that. None at all. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been like ex-hamster. <laughs> that is a thing. I know. Ex-hamster. You don't think that that's going to be porn. No. You think it's going to be about hamsters. Well, it's it's like a whitehouse.com. Remember that? I remember the White House magazine. From way back in the day, that went a little bit further than most top shelf magazines went. Yeah. And then there was WhiteHouse.com, which lots of school children went to to get information about <laughs> the real White House, which is WhiteHouse.gov, <laughs> and caused quite a lot of consternation in schools and households at the beginning of the internets. Oops, a daisy. <laughs> I was doing some work when Nathan. Uh, one of my co-workers he's a PhD he's a fancy fancy pants and <laughs> sure. we were doing something where we had to gather the name of every uh, school and university in the country mm-hmm. to put it into this program and work stuff out and one of the, the schools came back with a website that was in fact a porn site mm-hmm. and we had to check all these manually so he had typed this in and I think it was <clears throat> Of an Asian uh, persuasion. persuasion. So up that popped in these screens like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and you can't find minimize quickly enough when that sort of no, thing happens. No, no, you just, really can't. Minimize just disappears when that sort of thing happens. <laughs> so he had to get on the help desk and say, look, I've stumbled upon this site. It was for legitimate reasons. And the guy on the help desk says, you have no idea how many times this happens in a week. <laughs> <laughs> On to Wednesday, Corey and his mate come into Roy's roles. Nina calls them Stranger Things. Uh, the yeah. Oh, did she? Did she called both of them Stranger Things, or just the shorter kid with glasses? I, I couldn't tell if it was directed to one or both of them. It was funny anyway. Yes. Corey sees Asha and Amy and pleads innocence. It wasn't him what sent that video around school or posted it on Pornhub. Well, if it wasn't you, says Asha, who the fuck was it? Corey can remember a, spri- a surprising amount of detail from the party. He remembers that Kelly the Chin saw the video over his shoulder and that she was hanging around when he put his phone down, which I'm not sure was the case. I don't think he was aware that she was there because she was still standing at the snares when he helped Addy 2.0. Well, apparently he did. So Asha isn't sure, but Amy is convinced that Kelly is the culprit and storms off to find her. And this is all overseen by Gary. Right, because of- Amy is Corey's friend. So Amy's going to be on Corey's side as well as Asha's side. In this. Right. 
Yeah. So the teens are still cleaning up the community garden and Amy goes to beat up Kelly, who denies sending the video, but then eventually admits it. Amy pours a bag of garbage over Kelly the chin's head, then Gary intervenes and pulls them off. But not like that. Thank goodness. Suddenly Dev and Steve are on the scene and Kelly's given it all, wait till my dad gets back. And Amy's like, yeah, your dad couldn't wait to get the fuck away from you, which clearly stings Kelly the chin. Dev wants to know what this argument is all about. Asha makes up a story about Kelly scaven and that's that. Then Gary wants to know why Kelly's not at Oak Hill. Why do you care? Asks Kelly, which is a fair question. Yes, and he can't exactly say it because I'm paying for it. Yeah, because I killed your dad. I killed your dad. <laughs> Kelly. I killed your dad. Your dad's dead. I killed him. And it was me. Me. Tell them. Tell them. It was I who done it. It was I what done it. Yeah, so we'll rolling it back into, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Tell Cersei. It was me. <laughs> Remember Lady you know, Tyrell? I, I, uh, I've forgotten that reference. You know, Sally and I were supposed to go to a con in March that she won free tickets to, and I was going to go as Lady Tyrell. <laughs> and, and that just fell apart. Because uh, one of the guys who plays one of the walkers in the show was going to be one of the celebrities. So I thought it was That was a celebrity? Him. A guy who played a walker? Yeah, well, one of the head ones. One of the ones that turned other people. So not the walkers, the... um. The ice guys. The ice guys. <laughs> Just for listeners, <laughs> Helen's making little wavy noises or or motions with her fingers. With all of her fingers. <laughs> little wavies. But not my thumb. Talking oh, wait, about, no, now my thumb's, thumb's going. going. Your thumb's going. She's talking about the ice guys. <laughs> David and Max are in Roy's roles. Tracy, Peter and Simon are also there. Have you seen it? Asks Max. Everyone's seen it, says Simon. And yeah, David's they say this, they ask this of one another, right in front of a room full of adults. Right. David snatches Max's phone from him and sees Asha and her all together. Yeesh. Max was watching the video in the cafe. <laughs> hmm. Delete it, says David, who then goes on to say that he'll need to speak to Dev about this. And to his word, David does, David does go around to see Dev. Dev gives a distracting speech about bringing up kids in this day and age. Ugh. And David then tells Dave about how Ash is on a video that all the kids have seen. She's naked, Dave. And Dave is devastated. Mm -hmm. David thought that Dave needed to know. Yeah, and, and Dev gives David a bit of the third degree, thinking that David has watched this video. And he's like, no, right. no, I swear to you, I have not watched the video. I haven't watched I haven't the video. It. I just... Max had it. Max had it. And I killed her. No, no, <laughs> a different storyline. <laughs> So Dev storms up the stairs. Where's your phone? Who did this? How could you be so stupid? And Asha actually handles him pretty well. She's very calm as she says it was meant to be private. Kelly stole Corey's phone and sent her around to school and she's sorry. Dev was so proud of her recently, but he's disgusted at her and her mother would be too. And then as Dev leaves, Asha just goes, yep. Mm -hmm. That was so moving. Ugh. And it was at that point you reckon, you know... Asha's just such a great wee actress. She really is. Just fantastic. Tanisha Gori in that scene in particular is just fucking amazing. Yes. She needs to be in all the storylines now. All of them. Okay. Okay. Later, Dave has calmed down and he wants to know why she did it. He's so worried. She just wanted him to like her. Corey, that is. 
She's not funny, she's not pretty, and she's not clever. And Laz don't even know that she exists. She did it to keep him interested, and no one else was meant to see it. How is she going to face people? She doesn't know what to do. And she cries, and she falls into her dad's arms. And Dev is not really all that well-placed to handle this. No, he's he's a bit devastated as well, because he's, you know, as as he'll explain in a, in a later scene... He thought things were getting better as far as her self-esteem mm-hmm. with therapy. And apparently it's not. It's just taken another do you form. Think, do you think the two are related? Because I think I think a lot of kids do this. Right? Because this is a thing. This is a proper thing. I don't think lots of kids. I don't think every kid is out there doing this. I don't think every kid's doing it, but I think, I think there'll, be, there'll be people, there'll be a number of people who have done that sort of I thing. Think, and I think a number of them will be kids with, with low self-esteem or who want people to like them. I think I think kids who are are popular already and are self-confident already wouldn't be convinced necessarily to do something like this to somebody they've just started dating. And a more popular kid would have been able to uh, put the kibosh on it, I think, a little bit faster. Yeah, I can imagine that. Hmm. What a state of affairs. Because, hmm. I mean, as we said before, you can't see Summer doing this. Summer would never do this. And I don't even think Amy would do this. And Amy's the only one of the three who's lost her virginity. <laughs> I don't know why I chuckled there. But yeah. <laughs> And yeah, you would tell him to fuck off. There is something in, certainly in Summer's personality that would prevent her from doing that. Right. She's well, just, I don't know, I think she's just too sensible for it. Right. Plus her dad's a vicar. But does that mean that Asha's not sensible? I think... Uh, she I lost think, her sensibility? I think Asha is very sensible. She's a smart kid, but I think that she has low self-esteem. Um... As, as we saw with the whole bleaching thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Summer, I don't think, really cares what people think about her. She just, it, she seems to be one of those people who just could not be bothered. Right. Kind of just exists. Mm-hmm. And is comfortable in their own skin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. That's, that's exactly what Summer is. She's a kid who's comfortable in her own skin. You know. And she don't give a fuck. <laughs> No. I mean, she can be cowed into doing things by adults, a.k.a. Steve making her babysit Oliver. Yeah, but she doesn't like kids. Right. <laughs> but she's, but she's, you know, she was able to say, I don't think so. I don't like kids. You know, she was able to at least try to argue back. Mm-hmm. You know. Eh. On Friday, Dev is hell-bent on taking this to the police, but Asha thinks this is the worst idea ever. It won't make anything better. It'll make things worse, and it won't make the problem go away. She urges calm and to think that this will all blow over in a couple of days and Dev agrees to play it Asha's way for the time being. Then later, Addy comes in finding it incredulous that Asha manages to talk Dev out going to the police. It turns out though that Addy 2.0 is more concerned about how this affects him. Asha throws him out of her room. He calls her an embarrassment. Yeah, well, judging by your browser history, mate, at least I'm not a hypocrite now. Get yourself to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> See, because... Because while not all kids will will do this sort of thing, you know, disrobe in front of a camera or something, all teenage boys and most teenage girls 
will at some point visit a porn site. When I was growing up, this was obviously this was impossible because right. there was no internet. You had to rely on finding a dirty magazine in a bush. Mm-hmm. And Fortunately, a, and whoever found that dirty magazine, well, they had all the bragging rights. Fortunately, my uncle owned a hotel, and in the summertime, I would go up there and help clean the hotel rooms. So I was able to find quite a few. You had a an unending supply of filth. Only in the summertime. My mum had a part-time job working uh, at a newsagent. Oh, no. <laughs> at a motorway service mm-hmm. station. And she said every time, it was always somebody in a suit mm-hmm. would come and buy a, a girly magazine and she would always look down her nose at them. <laughs> Just to make them feel embarrassed. I love your mum. Oh, dear. That's so awesome. <laughs> and then she couldn't work out how to do the lottery. Anyway. <laughs> In the shop, Dev is unloading on Liz, but not like that. No. He's about, he's not about to win Father of the Year, he says. He thought that when she was getting, when Asha was getting counselling, it was working and it was starting to uh, have an effect. And Liz tells him that he needs to be there for her. They'll get through this. And Dev thinks the older he gets, the less he understands. Which is probably true. Right. I kind of feel that from time to time. Hmm. I know. In the flower shop, Tracy has no sympathy for Asha. Mary, oh, and this really burned me. Mary thinks there are certain parallels with Amy, and uh, she doesn't understand how Tracy can be so judgmental. Tracy Seriously. says Amy made a mistake, Asha made a decision. Then, uh, no. Amy also made a mis- decision. Amy had sex Yes. with consent. She consensually had sex. She did indeed. Yes, that was a decision. Tracy, and, and if I, that is your real name. And I made a decision to not say something. <laughs> then Addy calls and Mary has to leave. So Addy 2.0 and Mary turn up at the shop and tell Dev that Asha's video is on Pornhub or whatever. Dev doesn't know what that means. Pornography expert <laughs> Mary explains that this means everyone can see it. Yeah, everyone in the world. <laughs> it's it's out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Contrary to Asha's wishes, Dev and Mary are now at the police station. Dev wants to report a sex crime. He wants everyone arrested, but the police point out that Asha is also guilty, and it's right. all children, and there's fuck all the police can do about it. Right, because if you are the one disrobing, even if you are the one disrobing, you can be charged with child pornography. Right. Yeah. Mary calms Dave while the police talk about charities that might be able to help. Meanwhile, Gary sees Kelly the Chin outside Asha's house, apparently with the desire to make things right. They go back to the furniture place and Kelly reveals that she's been kicked out of Oak Hill because Rick the Chin hasn't been keeping up with payments and mum owes five grand. And they do this over a very nice cuppa, because of course. (laughs) Yeah, she's still like, I don't know why you care. And he's like, well, you're in my furniture thing and Mm -hmm. you're drinking my tea. So obviously I care. He kind of misdirects there. Yeah, and she says that even when she was at this other school, she didn't like it, and everybody looked down on her because her dad was a loan shark and well, everything. Be- Once everybody found out that he was a loan shark. Does she remember know that? That? I don't think she knows that. She knows she? that. Remember, that information came out. In fact, I think it was Gary who beat her over the head with it. Wasn't it? Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. You think you're so good? Well, guess what? So... Nobody was paying for this thing? Because Gary's under the impression that he was paying for it. Right. He was giving the money to Shona, not Shona. Sharon. Sharon. 
And Sharon was supposed to be giving the money to the mum to pay for it. Oh, this doesn't work too well at all. No, no. Somebody's been pocketing some stuff and Gary's going to be going ape very soon. (laughs) And all of this is just going to fall out and we'll finally, finally, somebody's going to discover Rick the Chin in his wooded resting place. His wee chin poking out of the ground. I know, it's sprouting leaves. (laughs) Later, Dev wants a word with Kelly, but Gary intervenes. Gary says that Kelly is full of remorse, and Dev is concerned that Gary knows this girl somehow, and by the way, the police are now involved. Along comes Asha, who is shocked that Dev went against his his word. Asha knows about the Pornhub thing, but didn't want Dev to give up on her. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Hmm. And Gary starts telling people that he went to school with Kelly's mum, which obviously is not true. Right. Ugh. It's a mess. It is a mess. I think Asher's probably right, though, when she says that these things kind of blow over. Well, from a school perspective, yes. However, the internet is forever. And especially now that it's on a porn site, Mm -hmm. people are going to know about it forever. People are going to find it forever. If it's got her name on it, if it's not anonymous... When she goes for jobs or f- to apply for college, and those jobs and those colleges do a search of her name, which they do. Do they? Yeah, they'll find it. They search like your Facebook page and everything these days. Employers. I don't think they should take that into account. Yeah. You have a life outside of work. Right. You have a life outside of college. But if but if you if they can find that you've you are have been known to do something that exhibits poor judgment, they're it's likely to hire you or accept you into their school. If I want to attach uh, pound weights to my penis and swing about the place, that's surely between me and my penis. Why are you singing Tallulah? <laughs> I've had that stuck in my head since we watched that. I still can't believe you think that's a better movie than Chicago. Oh, Chicago's dreadful. Chicago's what great. awful movie that was. So good. Ugh. We've watched some shite this week, I have to say. Uh, Everyone needs to up their game. Because that fucking Ralph thing was dreadful. It wasn't dreadful. The first one was bad enough. They made a second one. Yeah, where he breaks the internet. It's great. And the animation when all the Ralphs get together, you know, to form that giant Ralph, and but you can still see that it's that the giant Ralph is made of millions of little Ralphs. I think I was snoozing at that. That animation was great. And the way they incorporate all the different websites and stuff, it was very smartly done. It was much better a much better better animated representation of the internet than say, Oh, I don't know, the emoji movie was. Just be glad the kids have not subjected you to that. Our next storyline. Scott to trot. On Monday, Jenny is fussing over Scott at breakfast and is bothering him with tons of questions and Scott confirms that he's in the construction game. Jenny sees Johnny on the landing and asks him to say hello to Scott but he makes a story of needing to speak with Carla to get her to look after the pub when they go off to France and Jenny's put out that he didn't run that by her first. But Johnny carries on regardless. Oh well. 
So then Carla's in the Rover speaking with Jenny. Carla is looking forward to playing Landlord, but senses that Jenny hasn't had time to get her head around it uh, about going to France and stuff. Correct. Jenny mentions that Scott needs his paper in the morning and his dirty linen changed. And Jenny says, no lock-ins. Carla goes and tells her to park. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think I am? Then Johnny's booked to flights to Bordeaux. On his phone in the cash and carry car park. Carla is trying to pull a pint of bitter and making a complete dog's cock about it. <laughs> Johnny doesn't care and wants to get a move on, but Jenny points out that it's hours far too early. Then in comes Scott. Johnny is awkward. How long has it been? Asks Scott. Yeah, so I expected when they finally met face to face that there would be some sort of confrontation. And then. we'd find out. Yeah. And we didn't. We, st- we still don't know. And Scott seems quite cordial towards Johnny. I thought that he was in a position of power over yeah over Johnny. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Wednesday, Johnny and Scott are out the back of the rovers and they have some weird, heavily laden chat about how long Scott's going to be there and how long Johnny's going to go off to France. And it isn't a shame that they won't have a chance to catch up. Johnny leaves and Liz replaces him. And Scott reminds her that he gave her his number. Bit needy, she remarks. You have no idea, he says. <laughs> and Liz fills her knickers. <laughs> Ew. Then Johnny's teaching Carla how to pull a paint. Nozzle like on the that. bottom. Nice firm pull. But and not Scott like thinks that. Johnny said that before. And Scott then asks Liz out for lunch sometime. Scott's really going all in for Liz. Yeah, all of a sudden. Because he, he seemed to kind of be half and half when they first met. Right. Johnny and Jenny are watching Liz make the moves on Scott in the booth. She'll eat him alive, says Jenny, just as she gets a text that her taxi has arrived. And Johnny watches Scott and Liz with a very concerned look on his face. Jenny's ready to leave. Scott worries that Johnny's leaving because of him. The past is in the past, says Scott. And Johnny insists that that's not what it's about, even though that's exactly what it's about. Absolutely. And that's as far as we get with that this week. So he's going to go away... To France. To France for a month. In his pants. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And see the naked ladies dance. So I don't see how we're going to find out what the deal is doesn't he need to be there he kind of needs to be there for us to find out maybe what's going on do you have any do you have any guesses no unless Johnny is secretly gay or had a gay relationship with Scott a long time ago oh and then left him because he realized that he actually really is heterosexual and likes the ladies well (laughs) Well, he likes Jenny and Liz. I'm very curious about the fact that he's there for a few weeks for a construction job. I think this I think this has something to do with a bistro and Rick the Chin's younger brother. What's his name? Ray Weinstein. Ray Weinstein, yep. We all remember because we forgot that last week. Yeah. I had to I had to run up to it to remember. That's why I said Rick the Chin's younger brother. Our penultimate storyline. There's only four storylines this week. Isn't that crazy? Well, it's like four and a half. I've kind of stuck one on the arse end of another one, but really just four storylines. This is Shady Acres. This might be the last Shady Acres storyline. Oh, well. They fucked us up. They did. This had promise. And, 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 And even at the end, it didn't make sense what happens. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense at all. Does it? It's pointless. It makes... utterly pointless. The way it ends makes the whole thing pointless. 
At Shady Acres, on Monday, Claudia says Ken has been emailing all the residents personally through the night. He's working hard to to get this position. The election is today. Frida, apparently, is undecided. <laughs> in comes Ken, who somehow has confirmation that there is no residence association bank account. He also checked with the bank, and he stares at the peanut balls on the shelf while Claudia and Norris admit to being shocked that people are telling him all this private information. Yes. His fine was paid into a personal current account, it says, because he knows one of the tellers mm-hmm. who is breaching all manner of data privacy laws. Ken thinks that they should take their concerns to Charles, but Norris and Claudia want him humiliated in public. Then Ken wonders if someone's moved to peanut bowls. That was really weird. And that didn't even look like one of the peanut bowls from behind. It looked like, it looked like somebody a jar. A, <laughs> somebody a, a jar that a kindergartner had made. Ken is making a speech ahead of the election in which he promises to redistribute all of the funds in the Residents' Association bank account. Charles grabs his collar a wee bit at this. Not only that, but Ken promises to publish all the expenses in the name of transparency, and Charles is dodgy when Ken challenges him to make the same promise. Charles says he'll need to check. Well, checkmate your bampot, says Ken. The account doesn't exist. The money has been lining Charles's pockets all this time, and Charles doesn't deny it and runs away. Run away! Yeah. That was kind of anticlimactic. I expected a little bit of pushback. I expected a little bit of pushback. Like, how do you know? And how dare you? And everything else. And he doesn't even bring out that book. No. The book of rules that they found. You know, he was supposed to, quote, unquote, throw the book at him. And the book never makes an appearance. So that whole fencing scene to get the book makes no sense. Well, does it? It kind of proves that there's no that Charles is making it up as he's going along. So it kind of gave them that. It, it kind of confirmed what they already knew. Right. So the results of the election are in. Charles still somehow manages to get eighteen votes, but Ken got thirty-six, and Ken is duly elected. Huzzah! Huzzah! He's worked so hard for this. I'm so proud of him. He's worked so hard for two whole days. Right. Norris calls in a speech, and Ken thanks everyone, and then pulls out. But not like that. He can't meet the requirements what? of the position and just wanted to fuck Charles over. Makes no sense. Ken nominates Norris to stand as acting chairperson and it's passed unanimously. Even though everybody hates Norris. And Claudia looks crestfallen. Yes, because she knows what this means. So he's... So he's he's done all this. <laughs> he's, he's worked so hard. You know, he'd finally be put in charge of something where he can boss people around, which is just such a Ken thing. Mm-hmm. And then he gives it all up. Moments later. To Norris. <laughs> to Norris. <laughs> None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. He finally gets to be a big fish in a big pond. Well, this is kind of where the conversation goes. Absolutely. later Norris is regaling the, re- the residents with tales from the cabin. And this seems to have worked out quite well in Norris's favour that suddenly he's... Suddenly people are listening to him, yeah. Claudia tells Ken she's disappointed and senses there's something going on. He admits that he doesn't feel like he fits in here. These aren't his people. These are exactly his people. Seriously. These are your people. Ken says he used to be a big fish in a little pond, and he misses his little pond. Well, that says everything that you need to know about Ken Barlow, doesn't it? Yeah, that he's a tit. (laughs) (laughs) 
On Wednesday, in their apartment, Claudia's very happy at Sherry Acres, but Ken wants to go home. He thinks they want different things and he's sorry. She's not going to go back, so that leaves the us and not us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense, what I've written down there. Mm-hmm. After everything she's done for Ken and his family, Ken is packed and ready to leave. He promises to reimburse her. But it's just not about the money, she says, and she's already looking forward to her next conquest. She thought it was going to be him. He wanted to make it work, but he's sure this isn't for him. Remember and take the peanut bowls, she says. Mm-hmm. So at number one, there's a chat between Emma and Steve about the Asha and Leanne situation, and Emma says that Steve is a great dad. <laughs> Steve wonders why Tracy never says things like that. Because they're not true. Then Peter announces that he'll be moving into the Rovers for the next wee while, so Tracy and Steve will have the place to themselves. And just at that, Ken waltzes in with his overnight bag, announcing that he's left Claudia and he's moving back in. And Tracy's face is a picture. Oh, it really is. She thinks it's appalling. Under all that hair, Claudia's a sensitive woman, says Tracy, and she insists that Ken patch things up with her. Ken is sorry and won't be pulling out the sale, but this is still his house. Welcome home, says Emma. Mm-hmm. Then on Friday... Steve is thinking on investing on a new bed for Ken, because Ken's... I don't know where he's sleeping. I think he's, he's sleeping in the front room. He's sleeping in the front room where Peter used to sleep. Ken is less... Tracy is less keen and thinks Ken is crazy walking out in a relationship at his age. She needs to look after his best interests, and she arranges to meet Claudia in the Rovers, but <laughs> Claudia has no intention of giving uh, Ken back. It's all done, and Tracy doesn't want Ken left alone, but that's not going to happen. It's all over. Right, and Ken's not alone, Claudia points out. He's got all of you, and you're welcome to him. <laughs> right. And so that's that. That's that. What, what a fucking waste of time that was. Oh, just off. Remember remember when you were really excited about this storyline? I was hugely excited about it for the longest time, and I kept faith with it, because I thought, this is this is still going to pay off. And there's people on Twitter going, this is the worst storyline I've ever seen. I go, no, it's really good. It's a great escape storyline. It's going to be fantastic. And then all the people on Twitter were right. And then they were right. And you were and wrong. I was terribly wrong. That's awful. Because it, it might... Everything's just gone back to normal. The only difference is that Claudia's now not in a flat above a shop or wherever, wherever it was. Yeah, she was she's staying. staying in Shady Acres now. So she's still in Shady Acres. Right. What's happening with Norris? Because he wanted to get out, remember? Well, now he's... He doesn't want to get out anymore. He's firmly in now. Because he's because people like him now, and he's the boss now. So of course he likes it now. He didn't. He just wanted to get rid of Charles. I think more than anything. I think he's happy now that because really the Charles was the only problem Norris had. I don't know. None of it makes sense. It was a waste of time. You you finally get a Ken storyline that looks interesting, and this. <laughs> lavish shady acres yeah, that seemed to have... It doesn't make sense. That was a TARDIS. That had multiple different activities going on every day of the week. And a bar. And like these rooms. These 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 flats with massive, massive ceilings. Oh, just gigantic. Crown moulding all over the place. Looked like a picture out of House Beautiful. And now it's just nothing. And now it's nothing. And Ken's back home. They invested in all of those sets for nothing. So before Ken moved out, staying at number one, there was Ken, Peter, Simon. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Just the three of them? Yep. And now there's 
Steve, Steve Tracy, Tracy, Amy. Emma, Amy. Oh, Amy was there. Yeah. Was Amy there? No, Amy, was, Amy wasn't there. Amy wasn't there in that scene, no. But she's she's now staying at number one. I don't think Emma's staying in number one. Mm-hmm. No, I think she moved back, didn't she, in her own place? No. I thought she did, after the whole Eccles thing. No. No. Tracy was still going on about that fucking dog. Well, yeah, because they, nice, they got a nice housewarming gift for for Ken. <laughs> picture of his dead dog. In a nice frame. It was a nice picture of Eccles. I don't think Eccles takes a bad picture. No, this is true. Our final storyline. This is Sally's wedding dress, in parentheses, Tim's fucking dad. Ugh, I hate all of this. I hate everything about this. There was very little of it on Monday and Wednesday, just four scenes that I've got. Uh, it pisses me off. It pisses me off because it's just... I, I feel like... I've I've appreciated how they've, how they've built the storyline up and how they've been very careful... Sally's wedding dress? No, the oh, other part. Okay. Curating it for over a year now, mm-hmm. and I applaud that. But at this point, it feels like they just keep trying to prolong it even longer than it needs to be because reasons. <laughs> right. Because th- that scene that we will talk about is just awful and makes no sense and really upsets me okay continue i haven't even started i know on monday sally's looking at wedding dresses the one that she has her heart on is two thousand pounds and tim says that he'll get it for her i thought it was like a thousand something one nine nine for her tim just opens his mouth and doesn't think about the consequences sally calls it a piece of art not until you're wearing that love he says oh oh You've never said things like that to me. You haven't asked for a £2,000 wedding dress. No, because I'm sensible. Tim is at streetcars talking about Sally's dress to Abby and Eileen. They all agree that 2000 is way too much and Tim doesn't have that kind of money. But Especially for a wedding that's... I mean, it's not like their first wedding. It's not why can't wedding. they? Why can't she just wear her other her wedding dress she already has? She's marrying the same guy. A nice, just a little trouser suit. That's all that's needed. At your age, Sally. Tim has an idea. Let's sell Tiny. Because that horse storyline is way old and it's never going to come back. So let's just get rid of the horse. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had a unicorn party in a while. On Wednesday, Abby is gently ribbing Tim. Not, not like that, though. He's mm-hmm. down in the dumps about having to sell the horse. Tim's dad swans in and says that he can give them the money. What's the point in having money if you can't spend it? Says you don't Tim's have dad. any money, Tim's dad. Fuck off. <laughs> Later, Sally and Kev have joined them, and Sally wants Abby and Kev to be their witnesses, and they're thrilled to do so. Then Abby is keen to organise the Hindu, but not only that, Sally then wants Abby to be her bridesmaid, and Steve assumes that he'll be the best man, but secretly, Tim has already asked Tim's Kev. dad. Kev, not Steve. Did I say Steve? You did. Oh, I didn't. And that makes far more sense, Steve, Tim's best friend and business partner, right. being his best man. That was Kevin that scene? Kev. Yes, that was Kev. Because remember, Kev and Abby are dating. Remember that? Uh, remember that? We haven't seen some, evidence of it in a long time. Sometimes you get what you want and it's just not the same. No. Oh, well. On Friday, <laughs> Yasmin is back from the grocer and Tim's dad taps his watch. 
Tim's fucking dad wants to know what they want to do today, and Yasmin would like to go to the movies. But Tim's dad isn't keen and tells her to go on her own. Either that, or she's stuck with him all day. And that's what she would rather do. Except that's not how she looks. Yeah. Then Cathy is complaining to Dev about Bernie. Dev, who has enough in his mind for the moment, tells her to deal with her own problems without getting him involved, and Cathy is outraged. Dev tells her if she doesn't like it, then she can sling her hook. Right, and fair point to Dev, because he's dealing with his daughter in a pornography thing, and Kathy's bitching about Bernie. And I know Bernie is an acquired taste, but Kathy needs to chill. Oh, by the way, we find out that Kathy is actually the manager. Now. Well, well she's Bernie's manager. Well. Because I think Ches is still overall manager. I don't think so. I think Kathy's the manager now. So Kathy goes around to complain about all this to Yasmin, who doesn't seem all that keen on listening, and comes to Tim's, Tim's dad, and he's all sweetness and light, and offers to get the kettle on and stuff. So Kathy vents uh, to Tim's dad and Yasmin. Yasmin, though, is utterly pissed off. She thinks that women are as much to blame for miscommunication as men, and she seems to be blaming Kathy for this. Right, and she says something like, what does she say about, uh, like, honesty and and loyalty are overrated or something like half of half of her rant just doesn't make sense right it's awful it's awful and her laying into kathy is awful kathy's her best friend she's pushing her away now the way this was uh described in on the forums Mm -hmm. and in the um the cory blog and stuff Mm -hmm. was that this was somehow manufactured by tim's dad but I don't think Tim's dad had anything to do with this. I don't think Tim's dad had anything to do with this specific incident. However, he is responsible because he has very slowly over this year separated her from her friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Moved her away from her friends told her her friends don't care about her, told her her friends don't love her as much as he does, you know, and has put it, and has also earlier that day put into her head, you know, because at first she wants to go to a movie and he doesn't want to go and he says, well, you can go by yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, manipulates her into saying, no, 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 I'd rather stand just you and me. So he's already put it into her head, this whole, we're just going to spend the evening together just you and me and so when that's not happening because kathy's there yeah she seems to be anxious about it right just wants her gone right Mm -hmm. yeah so he is responsible but not in a direct way yeah he's indirectly responsible yeah kathy says yasmin has changed and not for the better and she thinks that she's been on the receiving end of this since she arrived and she makes her excuses and leaves and tim's dad doesn't know where to look he can't believe Yasmin's strange behaviour, but Yasmin doesn't need friends like Cathy. All she needs is Tim's fucking dad. And then later, Tim's dad wants to get his hole, so he drags Yasmin up the stairs. Right, when she and even after she says, yeah, I'm not really feeling it tonight. I'm not feeling well. Well, fuck you, you're getting up here anyway. Yep. Uh, it's just, it was so disturbing, that slow drag up the stairs. Mm-hmm. It's infuriating and frustrating, this whole thing, because... Remember last week, we was like, yes, she's finally, she's finally seen the light. 
she's finally starting to move away. And now all of a sudden she's 100% back in. Mm-hmm. And that infuriates me because, like I said, it feels like they're trying to drag this out now because it's a really popular storyline. You know, they've worked so hard to make it really good. And so they don't want to le- lose it. I don't know. Because this whole her her behavior this week makes no sense compared to her behavior last week. Right, and it kind of makes it more difficult to see where her out comes from because you kind of saw a hint of of her getting out right. last week. Right, and she put that bag sort of near the door, mm-hmm. kind of hidden. Hidden away, locked away. You know, at first she was like, no, I'm going to my grandson's wedding. And then she was like, no, I'm not. And that was kind of infuriating. Yeah, I don't see, She I don't actually see listened anymore. to the police and that was good. And then all of a sudden, for no real apparent reason, she's been yanked back in and is being gaslit again and completely mind-fucked. And it just... uh, It's not what I need right now. (laughs) No. But you know what? The makers of Corey had no idea what I would need right now. (laughs) Three months ago. Four months ago. So... I'm not completely to blame. And that's how we end this week's episodes. Huzzah! <sighs> no no Imran and, and Toya this week, unfortunately. That's a shame. It is a shame, because they just, they're the best thing. <laughs> oh, and no Ben Price either. The fan page must At be very sad. I don't week, remember no, him. Him and Hole. Did you watch the latest, or did you listen to the latest episode of... Uh, Sofa Cinema Club. Yeah. I, I, it was on, I, I don't really feel that like I've paid attention to it and we have to listen to it again. I listened to it while everybody else was asleep and I was working on that Beatles puzzle. The Beatles puzzle? The Beatles puzzle in the dining room. Was that Beatles? Yes, it's the Beatles. Oh, I didn't know. That. <laughs> Just thought it was a jigsaw. Well, yeah, it's it's a jigsaw of uh, the cover of Beatles for Sale. I don't know what that is. It's an album by the Beatles. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Jack what was Pich- the movie again? It was uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a movie that I'd kind of like to see, and it's kind of in my imaginary list of possible It's a Jojo Rabbit guy. It's a movie by Taika Watiti, yep. and they butcher his name <laughs> and and kind of laugh about the whole Waititi thing. Oh. You know, they call him a Kiwi, yeah. which he's from New Zealand, but he's also, um, he's also native, so... Maori. Yeah. So, and Jack P. Shepard didn't like the movie as much as he thought he was because he thought it was going to be like this amazing movie, and it wasn't as amazing as he thought it was going to be. Well, to be fair, Coulson and Ben were all this like, is "Oh, a this 10 is out the best." 10. Yeah. And then even they didn't give it. To no, <laughs> that's a strange. However, I do love Taika Waititi. He can do no wrong in my book. I remember laughing in the first couple of minutes at it. At Jojo Rabbit? No, about the podcast, but I can't remember anything specifically about it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. What was your moment of the week? Uh, Either Mary confronting Tracy about being ridiculous, or Mary and Dev in the police station. Oh, no, I would much rather give it to to Asha. I don't know. I just, like you said in in your tweet... Yesterday. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. 
I just felt like Mary really was the glue. She's such a great friend. She's a, she's an excellent friend. She really gets kids. Mm-hmm. She really understands those kids. It, I, I find it heartwarming the amount of respect that everyone has for her. Right. You know, and the, discount, and the way she just... The way she just let into Tracy about her hypocrisy, which it was absolutely hypocrisy, you know, the way Tracy is slagging off Asha when Amy got knocked up and then got an abortion Mm -hmm. at 15, Mm -hmm. was just, it, it was a bright spot for me in the week. And it kind of gave me hope for the world that there are still people who uh, will stand up for what's right. When people say spout nonsense, like <laughs> injecting bleach into your body to kill. That's, that's for another podcast. <laughs> I don't know. And so that, that was... apparently it was just sarcasm. Because so. that's what you want in this day and age and in the times that we live in. You want sarcasm. <sighs> oh, no, wait a minute. Sarcasm. No, you don't. No, you don't. don't. No, that's for another podcast. So that was that was my moment of the week was Tracy and Mary, I think. My moment of the week was Asha and her Yep. Yep. When Dev says that how disappointed in him and her mother would be in her. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking though. It was heartbreaking. <sighs> it was it was phenomenally good though. It was it was kind of pause the, the programme and just let that sink in a little bit because that was just that was almost too good. I loved that. She's a great wee actress. She is a great wee actress. She was really great in this whole skin lightning thing as well, remember? Absolutely. We remember were... that scene that we were both in awe of where she doesn't speak at all? Mm-hmm. Like her face is doing all of the acting? Mm-hmm. Ah, just brilliant. Yep. She's so good. Yep. Yeah. That's why she should be in all the storylines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You decide. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I care deeply about what's moment of the week. But, what but I've had wine and I'm just letting my mouth run. I've got to be buzzed out of that, I have to say. Uh, Prosecco will do that to you. <laughs> give you a bit of a head rush. Um, what was our moment of the week last week? It was... Tracy's idea of a teenage party was pressing play on a tape recorder. Oh, that was that was you. That was that was all you. That was that was your choice. To be fair, it was the only moment of joy out of those three episodes. There was there was no other light. Mm. It was all fairly dark, and I feel this is another dark week. Right. Don't feel this has been an awful lot. Of, no. So because Tim's uh, Timbot four thousand hasn't said a word this week. What's wrong with you, Timbot? <laughs> All right, so we went with yours last week, so let's go with mine this week. Mary confronting Tracy. Uh, in the flower shop. In the flower shop. Okay, so that's our... Moment of the week. Moment of the week. Our boring moment of the week. <laughs> Everything about Stillwaters. Uh, the election at Stillwaters. <laughs> uh, that's a, a pointless moment of the week. Uh, the, the, the kid asking about the peanut bowls in Stillwaters. <laughs> Just all of Stillwaters was just so boring and pointless, and it watching that bit when they're talking to Ken and Ken's not listening, and, and he's, he's looking, looking over, over his shoulders at, at the shelf, and I'm like, what? 
what's he looking at? What's he, is he having a, having a stroke here? Maybe the peanut bowls aren't there. And somebody is, maybe said, that's the problem. Maybe that turd thing isn't the peanut bowl because it doesn't look like a peanut bowl. It looks like a face. Those were Deirdre's. Right. Who, I think maybe she made them. Yes, she did. She right. made them. So that's what that was about. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, you're like, why is he doing this? And then he asked Claudia, did you move them? Because they're not there. <sighs> oh, and then remember in the house when uh, Emma is taking down Deirdre's picture to hang Elko's picture up and Peter's like, no, 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 not that one. Leave that there. <laughs> the election. Yeah, that's the boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. Ugh. Well, we've kind of rushed through this. A boring in, moment of the week. In record time. Yes. <laughs> and now on to the rest of our day where you clean the toilets and I vacuum the dining room and mail packages and I get the kids up so they can clean. I will be editing until... The kitchen. Usually takes me to around about two o'clock before right. this is all done. Yes, and then you'll scrub the toilets. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll hey, see. I supply the toilet paper. You clean the toilets. I think this is my boring moment of the week. <laughs> so, oh, I haven't written an outro. Oh, well. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you've been day drinking... Like oh, us. like us. Morning drinking. Right, but it's mimosas. It's ex- it's an acceptable alcoholic drink for breakfast. I'm having another one, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> mimosas and Bloody Marys. You can have them in the morning. If you've been morning drinking, oh, just write in to tell us how wonderful it is. Mm-hmm. We are... And show us your flutes. <laughs> not, <laughs> but not like, like that. that. We're the talk of the street at gmail.com on email, and that's also how you can leave us a voicemail on Skype or leave us a couple of bucks in our virtual tip jar on PayPal. We are at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And I haven't updated the blog since I don't know when. No. I think we're just going to let that slide now. Let's not mention that again. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. You should absolutely post a video on Instagram though. And I'm have not it. sure how I do that on Instagram. You just you just post it. Like I'm, not sure how that, I'm not sure how that works. Anyway. Let Stelly show you. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. Thanks for staying with us. For 100 episodes. For 100 episodes. For, I can't imagine there's anybody that's listened to 100 episodes of this. I'm but. sure Steve has. <laughs> Our friend Steve down the street. This has been uh, something of... It's been a joy in our lives, I think, for the last couple of years. It's been fun to do. It's been fun interacting with people and people who listen to the show. And, and it gives and us something to talk about. Right. Because right. <laughs> before, remember, you used to work outside the house. So I didn't see you very often mm-hmm. during the day. So we had less to talk about. Yeah, now we have nothing. Now we have Absolutely nothing. lots of time to talk. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll hope to be around for another 100 episodes. We will certainly be back next week. With more talk of the street. Talk of the street. Cheerio, folks. Bye. Take, take care. Bye bye.